0: Have two new messages. Main menu. To listen to your messages, press 1. First voice message sent Wednesday, November 29th at 10.42 p.m.
1: Oh, bienvenuti da Roma. What's up, landline? Thought this shit got shut down. Figured you had a kid and you started his life or something that got in the way of the fun that is podcasting. Anyway. Really excited to have you back. Uh, can't wait to talk. Can't wait to come up with a crazy year Christmas hot cocktail. And, uh, yeah, just walking through foggy outside of Rome right now with my uh, sidekick Cleopatra. Before we have to go take my other sidekick, Mr. Face, to uh, to school in 45 minutes. You want to talk about role reversals. We're going to have a great conversation about that. Either way, stoked you're back. Love you guys. Can't wait to meet the mini person. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful, excellent day. Because it is, uh, what time is it going for you? Nine hours gone. It's only like 11. You should be awake. How How dare you not answer the landline at 11 p.m. All right, man. Talk to you soon, dude. Later.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Landline Podcast. I'm a professional voiceover artist. Happy Tuesday, Landline. What's happening out there? 503-894-8480 is the number. Call any time. In fact, that message you heard was from our friend Giles from Cocktail Hour with Giles on Landline. He was calling from Rome. He actually called last night from Rome. The phone rang right before I was going to bed, answered. There he was. We chatted. Turns out they're turning the Trevi Fountain into a giant Aperol Spritz. We're going to discuss that amongst other cocktail and international relations related issues on Landline between now and Christmas time every tuesday if it's tuesday it's landline before we get started today i did want to just check in with a few technical issues i know the sound has not been up to snuff i've solved that problem but it's not illustrated in this episode unfortunately i solved one problem and created another there is a brief break in the middle where we check in with last week's guest that's going to be a new feature of the show quick check in this time with max asked him how he thought the pod last week went, get a titillating response, something to look forward to. That sound quality is what you're going to be looking forward to moving forward. So plug some headphones in this episode. Quality is way better that way. I apologize. I know that the last few have been a tough nut to crack. Turns out I have no idea what I'm doing and it's much easier to record things digitally versus through a landline. So there you go. Just another episode of how difficult it is to live the life you want to live in the digital world. One more thing before we get to the main interview, Fashion with Phoebe, talking about Christmas shopping, the Christmas spirit, how to get good gifts for the ones you love. I thought I would read something that I wrote. It's going to be a reoccurring theme. Just a little, not necessarily a monologue like a you know political or sports show, but just a, a window into the landline brand. And this is from my only social media account, which of course is Yelp. If you aren't following me on Yelp yet, you should. It's landline.yelp.com. I think so, landlinepodcast.yelp.com. So my first review from 11-19-2017 was for Thai Bungalow PDX. It's a $1 sign food truck on North Mississippi and Portland, Oregon. Here we go. Why do I need egg at 5.30 at night? The first listed item in the chef's specialties identified a crabish pad thai concoction, so I guess the egg was assumed, but it brought nothing and, in fact, took away. And was it listed in the ingredients? I think not. Is Thai food good? I think the long-time inquest into the basic utility of Chinese food should be extended to this southern neighbor's cuisine. Oil, sugar, and salt are the main ingredients of almost every dish. Sure, the curries contain some foreign spice, but even then it's the sweetness of the coconut milk that hungover white customers are looking to apply to their ashamed, lonely veins. The service was friendly, the cart well lit, the end result? Another mediocre, uninspired, Monsanto-filled meal. Maybe climates north of the 45th parallel shouldn't try to specialize or even offer dishes from a tropical, papaya, and citrus-filled locale. Was this review useful, funny, cool? I got one cool that wasn't me, so there you go. Anyways, that's landlinepodcast.yelp.com. Without further ado, let's get to the show talking Christmas shopping in the landline world. Enjoy. Hello? Landline. Hi. You're on. How are you?
0: Sorry, I'm organizing my stamps.
2: All right, excellent. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's that's perfect. Uh, how many different kinds of stamps do you have?
0: These are letter stamps. So when I send my packages for EnTuck, I do like I stamp out people's name. So every letter of the alphabet has an individual stamp.
2: By the way, listeners, welcome back, Landline Podcast. On this week's episode, we have my lovely sister Phoebe. We're going to do our first episode of Fashion with Phoebe, like Prince or Pele. She's just a she's a one word entity living in New York. Um, we thought we thought we would talk you through some of your Christmas shopping challenges and take the landline frame and put it around the the sort of Christmas commercialism push. Um, I'm I'm really good about food. I know how to you know shop for the right food and connect my money with the people that I care about. I know how to slow things down in terms of my use of technology. I would say fashion is like this great uncharted territory of people actually putting uh, aligning what they wear with how they feel politically or culturally. So I thought you'd be a good person to talk about that with through the lens of the Christmas season. Alright, well let's start there. The the gifts the knickknacks section of the holiday gift giving, stocking stuff.
0: Knicknacks, I think a stocking is really important. There's nothing I'm assuming eighty percent of your listeners are straight men.
2: No, how dare you? Who are you? Matt Lauer putting us in a hole like that? I think we've or I think it's what's
0: your demographic. Mostly
2: like transitioning women to men. But yeah, we <laughs> have a fair amount of straight men. Um all of them are either Indian or Southeast Asian of some kind, but um, some white. Um, yeah, no, let's talk Let's, like, let's stocking.
0: My comments will be appropriate then.
2: Yeah, no, we want to hear it. We want, like, just for a tiny bit of background, Phoebe has been in fashion for 15 plus years. She's been in many different places, including high fashion on the runway, um, come, more like mass produced, but department store fashion with large-scale production coming out of factories in China. She's been in specific like shoes or bag areas, so celebrity fashion, really the whole gamut. And she lives in New York City, and she's a huge shopper. I would say you're almost a better shopper than you are a a fashion professional. So you're, you're uniquely suited for this topic. So let's talk stockings. It all starts with a stocking.
0: Okay, so I think that one thing about gifts that I think could have been done better in our family is that, like, gifts are supposed to be the things that you would never buy for yourself but are, like, these wild dreams.
2: It's great. So K- I think keep going. You have the floor. I mean, I'm, 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 listening. I'm listening intently. Keep going.
0: That doesn't mean it has to be expensive. Expensive, but I think it's really fun to, when you give a gift to make it be a gift that Like not something you would buy for yourself
2: So, so g- Given that people are so busy and you know Unfortunately for me and for my landline brain like that everyone is starting to just shop online and that an algorithm is deciding you know what to suggest for them can you talk about the method to acquire such gifts? Like, Do you have to go on a three-day weekend in a vintage convertible upstate and stay in a B&B to to accumulate that kind of stuff? Or is there a way that people no, can just... No,
0: not at all. You just listen to people's like, signals of when they say, like, oh, my God, I would love that. Or... Um, you know, something they just look at in the store, but they would never buy for themselves because it's like impractical. That's like, I think, what the ethos of gift giving should be about. It's like truly something special, which could be as as small as like a pencil. It's not that it has to be an Aston Martin. It's just that it has to be something that you, it's kind of fanciful, like you wouldn't necessarily buy for yourself or it's like decadent. And I think in stockings, we all have enough crap. No one wants, more crap so even if it's a knickknack, make it like a knickknack that's useful like a mom used to put like toothpaste or I mean those are things like who does want to spend their disposable income buying toothpaste like you grow up your entire life and there's toothpaste in the bathroom there's toilet paper in the bathroom like you don't really want to buy those things and so even though that's a bit contradictory to fanciful things I think the stocking can be about stuff that you would need and use but don't necessarily like find sexy to buy. And then gifts, it can be just one big gift. It's maybe something um completely out of the ordinary.
2: So or the, like go ahead.
0: Remember when we got Anna that you got Anna that coat? It was like something she would never really get for herself, but and probably didn't even need, but it was just so nice to have it to get it. That's a gift.
2: Definitely. So that was a that was basically like an entire cow skin leather coat. I mean, what was? How do you describe that from a technical perspective?
0: It had like a swath collar that it was very architectural.
2: And it was you kind of it has like two buttons, and you almost surround yourself in a piece of leather that.
0: It was almost
2: a cape with two um A leather cape. That is something people are not going out and buying themselves. <laughs> no. Um, well, back to the stocking, though. I think your toothpaste uh, example was a bad one, but I, I think more what you're saying is like soaps or hand creams or, I mean, do you think. Do you
0: like going to the store and buying and spending $4 on the
2: toothpaste? No, but if I wanted, I guess that's sort of, what I'm trying to get at is, I don't think we should be like giving Colgate our money at at Christmas time. They're getting money like eleven months of the year. Okay, well
0: that's a whole different discussion. If you want to talk about
2: no, let's talk about that though. Like, so do you think would you put like a mini Colgate in someone's stocking? Are you saying like you find some artisan oh, but toothpaste buy a Marvin. maker?
0: Marvin, it's really fancy Marvin's um toothpaste. Fabulous packaging. It's probably, um, you know, not yet owned by a conglomerate. And then I did read that toothbrushes are one of the things that really fit in landfills basically for eternity. So you could find a bamboo toothbrush. Cool. So a bamboo toothbrush, for anyone who wants to know, if they go to comingsoonnewyork.com, you can get one there.
2: Coming soon, New York.
0: It's these two lesbians own the store, but they're, like, cool lesbians.
2: So why and why should we? I'm not saying I don't think we should, but why do we want a cool lesbian bamboo toothbrush? Bamboo is, like, it's better than all the plastic, or it's just cool? and Yes.
0: It's... It'll disintegrate.
2: Okay. All right. That so
0: has a, And so, then that has a good, um, and design-wise, it's beautiful.
2: Now, what do you think about the joke in the stocking? Are you do you completely reject the joke? Like, do you think the la- I don't
0: like jokes in stockings.
2: Okay, so you would think like the little packet of Spanish fly that somebody gets in one of those like men's bathroom coin dispensers? should
0: Horrible, be- horrible. I'd rather have, and st- you could only do stockings. You don't even have to do real gifts like treasures. I'm a little all over the place in this discussion, so maybe you can edit, but.
2: No, it's not. This is not all over the place. This is
1: perfect. Yeah,
0: I mean, I contradicted myself by saying buy, you know, buy fanciful things. But I think about, and then said, like, buy toothpaste. So I think thinking about the stocking as a receptacle for jewels, not literal jewels, but tiny presents that are just wonderful, whimsical finds. Um, And maybe one gets a guffaw. Like maybe one is a Mexican jumping bean or like a pooping Santa. Remember when Paul gave you that?
2: Yeah, well, it it was, no. Oh, it's just like a little figurine?
0: Yeah, it was like a Pez (laughs) dispenser.
2: That's funny. That's a treasure for sure.
0: But you can keep that to like a minimum.
2: Okay. And
0: also think about, here's another way to think about it. Think about the basics done luck. Women love that, so I'm talking about socks, but cashmere socks, an eye mask, but a cold eye mask from Japan. So think about the basics done in a um, in a luxury way.
2: So you're, what you're really bringing to the table here is like a great sense of creativity and making sure that you go to the nth degree to the elite status of that specific vertical so if you're doing an eye mask i really liked how you described that now let's try to bring in here something that you care less about but i care more about and not that we're at odds but maybe the two sides of
0: sustainability
2: well yeah yeah so not only okay
0: all birds so everyone who listens should buy a pair for themselves and a pair for whomever they're giving gifts to what is it um Allbirds is the footwear company made out of it's completely sustainable New Zealand wool. And it's really starting to take off. I met the owner when I was working in Italy, like at the very beginning of him. um,
2: Jung Eel's first term?
0: Starting this company. And I own two pairs. Uncle Andy owns like five pairs. I turned him on to them. Anna and I wanted to get them for you last year, but she thought you would think they were lame. So I don't know when she listens to the podcast, but it may be a great present for her. Um, I think it would be a great present for Rachel. It would be a great present for Meg.
2: So Albergs, A-L-B-E-R?
0: Allbirds, A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.
2: Okay, Allbirds.
0: He will be the next one to... Kind of um, so public.
1: So he was, a, he was
0: a professional soccer player. He's new, he's from New Zealand. He lives in San Francisco. He worked for like startups for a while. Plus, was doing soccer, and all of a sudden, had I don't know how, but and I would have to. Read, I can't tell you more about the. I just know that the rubber and the wool is all. It's totally eco friendly. It's made. In a eco friendly way, um, and he's really gone gangbusters.
2: So when you um, when you personally are shopping, there's no wrong answer to this. But are you do you only do you? How does that come into your mind? Sustainability. Like, are you saying this is cool, this is exotic, and then oh, cool, it's sustainable? Or? Look,
0: I don't think anyone is. This is a real life space in the market, and we had i had kind of thought about this concept, but there is no place where you can go. Sustainability in fashion should become, you don't even have to think to have to go to a place that offers that. We should come up with a high street price point, which means the price point of Zara H&M or Uniqlo, where that's already baked in. And it's all basic items. So your white t-shirt, your jean, your all those things. Degree have gone through the process of um, being made in a more eco-friendly way.
2: And it would be like an entire store of that. Like that's how they would brand themselves. Yes.
0: But it would still look like maybe warehouse and it would be a combination between like a Uniqlo and a Muji. So it would be like paper products that like you could get pens and you could get, um, you know, paper and toothbrushes that you could also get T shirts, it would be like the ultimate general store, like an old fashioned general store. Everything is very clean and modern. And I mean old fashioned general store in that it offers everything like Dan and so say. But every single product is made sustainably. And what I'm using the the term very loosely, but sustainably meaning like organic dyes, um no child labor.
2: Um... And how bad do you think those problems are in the fashion industry? You don't need to be like an investigative reporter, but do you Do you think, you know, the food industry has gotten a lot of light... Look,
0: as someone that's spent a lot of time, and i mean a lot, in China in factories, I've never seen a kid chain to a sewing machine. I've never seen... But I've seen they live in dormitories and they move from the middle of nowhere in China slash Russia and they sit there and they're making, you know, nothing near what we make and they're in assembly lines. But I don't see that as bad.
2: No, but now that is isn't f- talk about, you know, is China, where is China in the spectrum of bad in terms of manufacturing like isn't made in china now a a mark of quality in a lot of cases
0: i think it was trendy to talk about all that stuff like 10 years ago and we go through ebbs and flows of like oh is nike using a factory that you know is accredited or whatever, but the the rules are so stringent since the Nikes and the WalMarts got caught for that stuff in the '90s that that's less the conversation than it is the environmental consciousness portion of it. So now in business of fashion, which is like the daily, um, you know, the daily magazine I get to read about um, what's going on in the industry. So in business of fashion, there's Women's Wear Daily. It's much more about like In India, how many thousands of gallons of dye are being poured into a river and poisoning everyone that lives around there, plus all the wildlife? And that's, you know, there's a really interesting documentary about how the clothing industry is the number one industry in the world that creates pollutants. And all this disposable fashion, again, the H and M and the Zara price point, that's disposable. So you wear it for like where is all that going? It's going into landfills, like it's creating even more waste in the industry you're interested in. What I think is happening a bit is you have companies like Everlane, which is a company that interestingly only bowed online. You could only buy it online. It was all basic or it is all basic, and their kind of tagline is radical transparency. So when you go onto the website, you can see exactly where the factory that made the T-shirt that you're buying is, how much it cost them to make it, and then therefore, like, what the markup is. Michael Pressman is a little bit older than I think I am. He's the one that started it. He said he would never, ever open a brick-and-mortar. This weekend on Friday in Soho, his first brick-and-mortar store opened. I walked by today Line around the block. So that goes into another discussion about is retail dead. Retail is not dead, which goes back to we all have so much stuff, even if we don't have a lot. Even if we're not the rich of the rich of the rich, we all have so much. So it's more about differentiating and figuring out what is the experience related to what we're buying, how we're buying it, and then what's the unique story behind what we're buying. So maybe those people in line feel better about going in there and buying things since they know where it's coming from. However, that would have been really interesting had I question everyone in line about why they were going in there um and they had a man with a coffee that for everybody standing in line they had a guy with a, co- a coffee cart and you could get coffee and it was like bespoke
2: coffee so it was like an experience like people were getting out and actually being with one another in the the natural world and chatting up each other and being able to talk about it and and you know feeling the christmas spirit in new york which is a pretty unique yeah. experience so, going back to the the shopping, I know we are jumping around, but this idea of, you know, if you want to be doing, if you want to just, I mean, it's not all about environmental sustainability. It's also like, what kind of businesses are you supporting? What sort of entrepreneurs are you supporting? There was an article in com this week about how millennials are working so hard to capture more of the Christmas spend out of people, and they're doing all these specific things, and... I do, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it does feel as if there is a pretty massive, you know, national consciousness around supporting the, like, farm-to-table restaurant or the, you know, startup biz or the craftsperson that everyone's heard about with the, you know, growth and sale of companies, especially in the food industry, but also in, like, the shaving kit industry. And
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't think, I don't know if I'm so jaded, but for me, that started three years ago, and I'm so over it that I'm trying to figure out what is next. Right, but so that's,
2: so think about it, though. You and I are snobs about this stuff, and that's why I have a podcast called Landline, but a lot of the people who are shopping are just sort of, like, following the herd, and if it was three years ago for you, that means that the, like, amount of revenue coming out of it is ballooning now, so help us look for the next thing. Like what is the what is the above trend shopping technique that someone can use at Christmas? Like so what is, what is a little hole in the yet, ground that, that they I'm can go to into? It
0: out because what I know is dead, especially after like obsessively watching Instagram this weekend on stroll, pop ups dead. Every freaking person has a pop up now. Which means yeah, for exactly what you said, the This is the time that it will, the revenue associated with pop-ups will absolutely blow up. But every way you turn, there's a curated pop-up shop.
2: Well, and there's like probably a Verizon pop-up shop too.
0: It's just insane. Like on Nantucket, one small island, there were four different pop-ups with 10 different vendors. And some of the vendors were going to different pop-ups every Day, which makes no sense to me. There's no... So now I think it'll come back to um, specialty as opposed to curated mix.
2: So, like, I got these... I made this out of stuff that you can only get like deep sea diving in the coral reefs like that. Yeah,
0: Or like the crazy pencil shop down the street, which dad thought would like go out of business in two seconds. They just moved onto my street and they have a double the size store. Wow. And they sell one thing. They sell pencils in a, you know, in a, everyone should look it up. CW pencil enterprise. And that's a, that's a great stocking stuff where you get, somebody's um, initials or a saying or whatever you want and you can have it monogrammed onto the pencil. So or, it could say landline, it could say podcast, it could say Homer off McKay, whatever yeah, you podcasts. want.
2: Podcast. Let's get 2,500 pencils that say podcast. That's a great branding idea.
0: And they're like two bucks a piece. So, but the girl, and the girl has she's a total hipster, her tattoo, tattoo is a pencil. Well,
2: speaking of the, uh, speaking of the girl, that
0: to me shows, okay, so that's what's called item driven strategy. You know who I think we should invite to the podcast? Max? No, what's doing?
2: (laughs) Do you want to add him to the, to the podcast?
0: Not now, because he sold his house in Connecticut, so he's having like, his boy, his husband's having like a boy, a mental breakdown, but. We
2: should really be on a podcast one weekend. Well let's let's I, I think we've got your point of view overall about the level of luxury everyone should be shopping in and of course I think you're probably a luxury
0: doesn't
2: mean money. Right. Well, okay. Like,
1: so, so I could give you like specificity you person.
2: So let's talk about your store. Let's let's say someone is trying to get off their couch and off their computer and actually buy something in a physical store. Um, and they're getting in there. Can we talk about the way, like, the retail experience currently in terms of customer service is working? Like, are you bullish or bearish on how you're being treated in retail stores these days?
0: Today I went in to shop to look for some things for Homer, and if the girls talked to me anymore, I was going to leave the freaking store. I like to be left alone, but everyone has their own, I think probably sometimes men want to be helped.
2: And what what is your strategy when you go in there? You're just like, are you doing like a once overview and feeling, if you like, the style of the... Well,
0: I'm a professional shopper, so I don't need anyone to help me, usually. I know if something is good, I know it immediately and I just buy it and I don't even think about it.
2: And, okay.
0: That's just in my blood. I can't... Tell you how to help someone do that, but I couldn't tell you how to try and find things for a person with specific interests.
2: Well, it sounds like really getting to really tapping into your knowledge base around their actual likes—that what would actually get them excited—and
0: yeah. So don't think about like where should I go. Think about what does the person like to do, and also think like I think. Again, things can be. Of course, people like things, but we all have so many things. So is it, you know, buzzword that is just overused? But is it an experience, and that could mean like movie tickets, meaning like a gift certificate for one hundred and fifty dollars for your local movie theater. It could mean, you know, gift. I I people think gift certificates are bad. I think gift certificates are fabulous. Of course, you want to pick out your own stuff. But it also could be gift certificates that have a monetary value to something that exists like a gym soul cycle a um i think giving a gift in your name like last year i gave mark a um he loved the penguins at the the aquarium in boston so i like went online to major conservative story and you like adopt a penguin in there in his name then he gets a certain number of pictures per year
2: well you just gave a great business idea there without thinking about which is like gift cards that are associated with uh broad stereotypes of people so there could be like the basic bitch gift card where
1: yeah
2: it's like soul cycle and smoothies and like starbucks Starbucks, and then like probably like nails or like facials. Yeah, blowout, blowout, a blowout. <laughs> get a blowout, and then like maybe it like also has a uh, gas card that only works at the stations on the Merritt Parkway. Yes, and then you get all those people together, and it's like you're its basically like your one pass for your life, so you never have to go outside the things you like, and never really talk to anybody that you're not into. Totally. You're listening to Landline. Quick break to check in with last week's guest. That show is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find the show. Monster Energy drink, Craigslist and Coworkers Thinking You Were Gay was the topic of this discussion with Max the Marine. Here goes. Hello. Max. Hey. We're just calling to check in how you thought the first podcast went.
3: Uh, I thought it went well.
2: Highlights, lowlights, any feedback from your network?
3: From my network? What do you mean?
2: Like your friends and family, work colleagues, the girl who's watched you watch The Rock?
3: Uh, None of them are aware (laughs) aware of the podcast.
2: Well, after listening through, do you have any things you wish you had done better or points that we should have gone faster too or stayed away from
3: well first of all we got a little business to take care of first you got to do your disclaimer
2: oh sorry rule number one Max is only doing this because he wants someone to talk to on the phone not because he cares about being on the podcast
1: yeah yeah thank you
3: um so what were you asking
2: what did you think we did well what do you think we should improve for next time
3: uh I mean, I think I did pretty well. You could probably um, work on like moving through that list of stuff that I gave you more smoothly. So,
2: Like, what did I miss?
3: We didn't miss anything. We just didn't really hit all the stuff.
2: Well, I couldn't talk to you for very long. I can't talk to you for like three hours at a time. No one will listen to that podcast.
3: I think people would listen to a three-hour podcast. I mean, Joe Rogan's podcasts are three hours.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying hard every day to get better at the podcast. So I appreciate that feedback, as non-specific as it was.
3: Yeah. So I got a flat tire today.
2: <laughs> yeah, on the Rio.
3: No, no, no. The uh, the Scion the Rio. I don't drive the Rio anymore. All right. Well, I- for sale though, if anybody wants to buy it.
2: Um, I, you know, I know that you're thinking you're going to talk me into doing two hours right now, but I actually have dinner with my family in about two minutes. So this is literally just a check in. So what what are some,
3: Well, I'm sitting outside the Harris Teeter and I'm going to go get some of their free uh, sugar cookies. So I don't have all night either.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, any call from the police officer? Did anyone call you back about the great Craigslist caper?
3: No. No, he made it clear uh, when I talked to him before that that was it. We weren't going to be talking again. So,
2: and do yeah. you do you feel that we like has monster come up in your everyday life as much as we told told everyone that it that it would? Because I've seen a lot of monster decals since we podcasted.
3: Um, no, but I do have drill uh, this coming weekend, so there will be a lot of monster just stuff going on for sure I can uh, do some research for you if you'd like
2: alright well um, I, I feel like you know the best parts the strongest parts of the pod were your storytelling I think we gotta work on sort of the interplay you seem pretty generally disinterested in my topics of choice like environmental sustainability and the the crushing blow that technology is levying on our society
3: yeah yeah i agree
2: now what about phoebe's fashion podcast that's that people are listening to right now because this is going to be in the middle of it what are your hopes and dreams for phoebe's christmas shopping podcast
3: um so oh so you haven't posted it yet but by the time people listen to this it'll have posted that's right so are you talking about like what kind of gifts you're going to be getting people
2: more like how to shop if you want to prioritize thinking about where your money goes and and actually making the people you love feel like you gave them something special.
1: I would say it's
3: more important to uh not order stuff online and go and like physically purchase it, keeping that sort of a web of interconnection that holds us all together going all right. Uh, and-
2: Anything on your list that you're excited about?
3: I actually haven't gotten anybody a Christmas present in, like, five years, and I have no plans to get anybody anything this year.
2: And is that, like, religious nihilism or just lack of funds, or where are you coming from on that one?
3: No, I just think it's sort of pointless at this this age. It's like, I don't ask for anything. Um... Therefore, I don't expect anything, and nobody expects anything from me. So, I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm not against Christmas. I actually kind of like Christmas, but I don't uh, get anybody gifts. So. All
2: right, so no last plugs for our pod. This is supposed to be a promotional tool for people to listen to our pod. Do you think you've given a good window into how exciting our conversation was?
3: But Anybody who hears this is already listening to the pod.
2: No cuz it's not lo- yeah but they're not listening to the pod before. It's very like that's very like animal house like there's a universe inside of my fingernail theory.
3: It's really funny that you mentioned that not to, you know, keep you on the line for too much longer but I've been thinking a lot about simulation theory lately and how statistically it's like almost guaranteed that we're not real and we're in some sort of simulated reality.
2: Well, let's talk about that on the next time, next time we pod. All
3: right. Look forward to it.
2: All right. Have fun tonight. Don't eat too many cookies.
3: Okay. Call me tomorrow.
2: All right. Bye. You're listening to Landline. All right. Max is a slow burn. I, I'll admit that, but he is funny, so he kind of got to get into his cadence. It's a little bit like that guy everyone says they loved who always made the, like, banana jokes who died. I forget his name. Someone will remind me. Whoa. All right. Call the landline. 503-894-8480. And back to our interview with Phoebe on fashion. All right. What is going to be the most... So, like, go back to fashion. People have no idea how to buy clothes for, especially the Southeast Asian transsexuals that are on my pod. Um, They don't know how to buy clothes for their wives. So what like or their girlfriends or even vice versa like can one actually buy an item of clothing for their lover and successfully have it fit and be tried on and kept on christmas day i think that's a pretty long poll
0: yes so i think that's where customer service is really important and if you and you shouldn't be shy but like if you have pictures when you go into the store if you want to buy clothes you would think about the brands that he or she likes or the things they've I mean I can't imagine that lovers boyfriends girlfriends would be so out of touch with one another that you wouldn't kind of like notice if they're talking about like oh I want a new coat, or like oh my god I love this so much but they're not going to buy it for themselves that's kind of one thing so think of that second go into a store and you could always I mean, we have these ridiculous iPhones. We have ridiculous Instagrams. Show the show a salesperson pictures of the girlfriend, lover, husband, whatever, and say, "What do you think they would like?"
2: Landline hates that idea, but it's a really smart uh, brainstorm. Who
0: hates that idea?
2: Landline hates that idea. Just leave, your, throw your cell phone into the East River on the way to the store. So okay, that's so when you
0: so then no, that's I great. Think that's great. Weather. That's great. Okay, so let's say for people who live in cold weather
2: sweaters are amazing. And sweaters sweaters just think like fun, you know, old-fashioned, clunky, funky, non-sexy. What how, where where does someone go get like a high-quality, nice sweater that they're going to like get excited about when they open?
0: Um go on
2: what price point? $125
0: Vince.com, Everlane, Cause, POS, that's a great place.
2: And you just get, you just say, her sweaters are medium, I'm getting medium, and there's no issue around like, is that actually going to fit and look good when you try it on? I feel like so many clothes look good on the model in the window and look terrible on the body type that they're put on unless somebody has a chance to make it happen for themselves.
0: How about I'll offer my services to listeners of podcasts for clothing?
2: Wow, are you going to charge a fee? Maybe. Okay, fifteen percent.
0: Well, what? No, or trade. Like I want. Uh, I think I know some of your your listeners, and I think I know some of the things that they do, and so there are some bartering things I can think of. Well, we
2: have a we have a we have a triple digit audience. So, you might not know all our listeners and by the way, just a shout out to those listeners, keep spreading the word, tell the friend, call the landline 503-894-8480. Also, big goal for 2018 is to pack pass Rick Steves in listenership on his podcast. Um, do you remember Rick Steves what? from PBS, Phoebe? No, what's
0: how many listeners do you have?
2: Well, I'm not really at liberty to say because I don't want people to turn off because they think they're part of a smaller movement or even turn off because they think they're part of a bigger movement. But I'll say that Rick Steves has many times more listeners than me, but the number that he has is attainable. He is the, of course, famous European guidebook author that um, uh, lives in upstate Washington but has sold probably – $15 15 to $20 million worth of European guidebooks for white Midwesterners to travel to Venice and Florence. And he's uh, a great guy, a lover of art, um, lover of music, lover of marijuana, and he's only a few steps ahead of me on his podcast, so I think we can pass him. Um, I,
0: think, I think that um, trips are also really good.
2: Even if they're small, weekend trips, ski trips. Yeah. Experience the world. I love that.
0: Yeah. So, I'm not, I'm not sure girls really do want guys to give them clothes.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've never, I, I, I think a coat and a sweater is one thing, but I think that there's an aspect of giving clothes and the psychology behind someone looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, I look good in this, and then choosing to but buy it. I also it.
0: think ask your, ask the women in your life that know if you don't want to use,
2: Your
0: phone. What about asking the women in your life that know this
1: girl?
2: Yeah, that's good. Well, let's. I mean, let's get more topical here. So, can we? I I know that you don't care about this stuff, and you're gonna roll your eyes at me. But just to get a little bit into my uh, neuroses. How are you feeling about all the shipping that's going on right now in the clothing industry? Like, do you think that this can actually last that forever? The gas will be cheap enough and the cardboard will be cheap enough that people can just order anything, get it shipped to their door, decide they don't like it, and then return it and get a full refund? Like, how does that work for companies that aren't Amazon? 2
0: twofold answer. One, I think it's baked in already to the margin. So when it's free shipping and/or it's like free returns, that's already based into what you're what you're buying the product in. They've already they've already added into it, like you know, oh we we have to add two dollars on the back end, you know, to our retail price because we're gonna have to pay for shipping back and forth. Let's say that's the first thing. From an environmental standpoint, you're better. Um, serve to answer that than I am. It's not that I don't care, it's that I think, talk about a business idea, I mean, you tell me, if it's not sustainable, then what's the answer?
2: Well, it's sustainable now because it's cheap enough. So, with oil prices and the international supply chain allowing things to be as cheap as they are, it works. I think as economies, you know, China... I, I agree with you that that's sort of the trendy thing to say, like, oh, China's not the way it used to be, or we don't use factories like that anymore. I think, broadly speaking, the way that the developing world works for manufacturing is that once someplace gets too expensive, everybody just moves the manufacturing to a cheaper place. So Vietnam and the Philippines and, you know, Bangladesh. and But once you have, although it's like a really dirty process and very difficult for those developing people – a few generations later, you are going to have wealth that has been created because those people got factory jobs and they're making more than they did when they were farmers. They were able to save. Their kids could go to college maybe in a generation or two or go to high school, whatever. So then the costs of producing in that company, beca- country become more expensive, and then you don't have the margins anymore. So at some point, my thing is you're going to run out of countries to go to to build a new factory and get everybody to like come in from the rice fields and fold cardboard all day. So I
0: just wonder if there's going to be some kind of massive natural selection, not in the way that that's normally connoted, but that, like in China, you already, okay, two, two things. In China, first of all, Chinese manufacturing now is expensive, is whatever, so that's already happening, and they're already going then to, you know, even more, If when if one can find, than more rural places to manufacture where labor is cheaper, or they're going further north in China, or like all that's happening. So to your point, there'll be saturation, right? So are we? will there be a natural point where we reach saturation and the infrastructure will completely crumble? And we noticed when I used to go for Camudo, the Chinese New Year is in January. And what used to happen in Chinese New Year is that the China would really, truly shut down for three weeks because the kids would go back to where they grew up and like I've met people who like they grew up in a dirt hut and for them to get back to that hut because also their their um, public transportation in China, in mainland, their public transportation infrastructure is so kind of non-existent. It would take them like four days to get home. And then often when they would get home, they wouldn't, they just decide not to come back, and so then there was like a labor shortage. And then simultaneously, in a lot of these places, they've become more. They've decided once they go back to that they're like, I'm going to open a coffee shop. Or I've seen what it looks like in Shenzhen, and it's bigger. And why can't we create, you know, more of an infrastructure in our own town? And so there's also less labor that comes back after Chinese New Year, which I think is so interesting.
2: So they literally go back to their home village where they're, like, burning on wood fires and making big suits. Yeah,
0: and they're like, look at the skills I've learned. We're going to, like, we're going to start our own business.
2: And they'd much rather live in that, like, home front anyways.
0: Yeah. Or, like, I'm just not going back. So it used to be also, like, in the end of February, factories couldn't open at full capacity. Because, and this was like six years ago, so God knows what's happening now. I mean, I haven't been to China in like four or five years. Uh, oh no, because I went for BASA, But yeah, I mean, it's a different, there might not be the same kind of, I don't mean uneducated labor that thinks that the option of working behind a sewing machine seven days a week is better.
2: And then, you go
0: to ba- then you go to Bangladesh. And once you've maxed out Bangladesh in 15 years, then you go to Angola. Then once you've gone to Angola, then where do you go? Like maybe in our lifetime, there, we'll have to return to manufacturing within our own countries because we'll have no more options and or maybe we'll stop making stuff. What if it recorrects itself?
2: Well, we certainly have enough stuff, right? I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. I should get a recycling expert on the pod to talk about where you can get great gifts that have already be pre-owned and not have it be, like, trashy um, because there's so much stuff in the world. Do you think that... So that's,
0: that's why, again, give
2: experiences. So uh, like when... we've we we're we've only got about 10 minutes left because it people listen to the pod when it's not too long. So I'm going to kind of... Uh, truncate this part of the conversation but a couple things i want to go over one or two le- left with fashion then we'll just talk about christmas in general number one now that trump's president and he's fixed a lot, fixed all of our problems including manufacturing are there any manuf- made in the usa fashion companies that you think are like actually creating a quality product their price point is decent you're proud of them or think think well of them and you could recommend them to people who l- are listening to the podcast
0: Made in America? Yeah. I mean, the big one that's gotten a lot of press is Shinola. I think what's sad about Shinola is that they could, that no one truly knows the transparency of whether, like, 100% of the product is made in Detroit or if some of it is put together overseas and then shipped here, Um, I think it's that you go on Etsy or go to, like, your local funky boutique or go to your local pop-up, you can find people that are... um, making things within their own community. For me, they just end up being crafty, and that was like one of the concepts of Ntuk, was like, why if it's made in the US or if it's made locally, does it have to appear aesthetically crafty? There are a couple of shirt manufacturers in Rhode Island that still exist, as well as sweater manufacturers in Fall River, outside of New Bedford. So Rag & Bone does some of their shirts
2: out of there. Um, and there's probably West Coast companies that you don't personally know about but certainly that Certainly L.A. Um,
0: L.A. brands much more.
2: And are they getting, I mean, what are they doing? They're getting like, but the fabric is coming from someplace else. They're not like, they're not. Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess to me, it's not that I don't, it's so interesting because this whole discussion has made me think much more. I think about now the food, where I get it, or if it's local or if it's seasonal, but I never think that about clothing just because in my lifetime, that was never realistic. And even clothing that was manufactured here, the fabrics weren't necessarily woven here. I mean, if that's really important to you, Isabel and Cleo, that's um, people like scarves are looking for knitwear for their wives. Mothers, whomever look at Isabel and Cleo, which is a small brand from Nantucket where everything is knitted there. there are beautiful scarves and, and sweaters and all kinds of things like that. But within each community, it's fairly easy now because that's being commoditized of like, you no, know, I'm a local artisan, I make X, Y and Z.
2: Yeah, and I think that that's, that's probably. Cone what I-
0: Denim was a, really sadly about three weeks ago in women's wear. There was an article about Cone Denim, which is the last denim manufacturer in South Carolina. Um, I mean, some of our machinery is also isn't, you know, not non existent, but isn't up to date.
2: Well, it might not be the best thing in the world for to, to have it all be made here. I mean, that's the conversation is so one-dimensional. It might be better for even environmentally, the supply chain might make it more efficiently to have it grown in one place and turned into textile in another place and then made into a finished good in a third place. I think these are just questions that people don't ask. And you know, the simple explanation I've heard is that food goes in our body and clothes go on our body. I think that as we get to, you know, more clarity around the food, it's not that we there isn't a lot of room for growth in food, but people are at least starting to hear it enough that they consider it, even I think on in the more broad based parts of the market. I think clothes are the next thing. You know, I am going to conferences where I'm trumpeting the importance of organic agriculture and I'm wearing a bunch of clothes that were probably made in a situation that I wouldn't be proud of and the way that the that the actual like natural fibers were grown is also probably full of pesticides and fertilizers and has really bad impact on the water supply in those countries. And so, you know, one thing that Anna and I joke about a lot is how like Europeans dress, which is just you have like one five hundred dollar outfit and you wear it six days a week. Um, exactly. And I don't know, but that's just not the culture of America. And it's back to your comment about having too much stuff i mean do you have any friends in new york new york is probably the most european of the american cities and in most ways do you have friends who will have like a uniform that they wear of all like the best fabrics yes and is it like suits always is it men wearing suits or are there people are there like can women pull that off too
0: yeah i mean like you can wear a uniform but often that uniform is a very minimalist uniform that's Probably bought either they buy a few very very expensive pieces each season and then they layer it over something like which is well made but affordable like a Uniqlo or a COS basic. But I think what this brings me to is just like as we go over, you know, then let's not give things, which sounds a bit. I mean, we like things, but I think you know. Um, gift certificates, experiences. Well,
2: treasures. You started out by saying treasures. I don't think treasures are things, and treasures can be and new. Treasures
0: are treasures. Sometimes are things.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Things you can like use up, like art classes or um, things that you can do.
2: I also think you. I, what I meant to say is that you could give a thing, but just don't make it anything. It has to be a very special you know, over the top. It doesn't, again, not expensive, but a treasure that they would never pick out for themselves because they think they can't, and you're solving that problem for them.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. So, um, A little pop quiz on Christmas. What was your favorite board game or, like, fireside activity to play during Christmas of your youth? Clue. And do you remember which player you were? I think Miss
0: Scarlet.
2: Not Colonel Mustard.
0: No, Dad was Colonel Mustard.
2: I think I was always Professor Plum. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You what? Like what? What game that gets pulled out when people are together in a Christmas holiday setting? Like makes you roll your eyes the most? Are you so pissed that people are playing?
0: It's not that I get pissed. It's just that I wish. Like I think categories is kind of over.
2: Wow, Anna and I have just brought it back. Um, what is your favorite, like, meal or food item of the entire holiday season? Because we, pro- po- the podcast probably won't talk to you again until after the new year. So, we're talking Christmas Eve, Christmas dinner, or New Year's, not Thanksgiving.
0: Well, we don't always have it,
2: though. Well, that's okay. Just describe it for the people so, out there.
0: um, popovers.
2: Okay. And I just saw an article yesterday about how there's a popover shop opening in Boston. So maybe you need to try them on your next time through. I love popovers. And butter and jam? Butter. And that's it. Just pop, like almost like a croissant. Yeah. Okay. Popover is like a hot, airy, like muffinless muffin for people who don't know, with like sort of a, a, a bready. Um, top it's an English thing and what about what do you think is the classiest thing to drink through the holiday season is it champers
1: champs
2: champs and what For, is
0: you know an after all Chris, I mean that's not really appropriate but it's pretty sad
2: and what's your take on the Salvation Army at this juncture in our political climate
0: well, when they stand outside of the bell, I mean, I don't know what fake news to believe or not. Does part, are they a, are they a group that doesn't believe in abortion or gay rights?
2: Is Mike Pence the CEO? I think is the question we should all be asking ourselves. Yeah,
0: there was something I read, and I was like, wait, what? I mean, I think it's a nice old tradition, and I love. Um, I think once or twice I've given money as I've walked through on on the street at thirty fourth street at Macy's, but then when I read this article I was just like, Ugh.
2: And do you wish you had a landline in your apartment in New York if it was free and and people called it?
0: Yeah, I loved in Nantucket last week using the landline. It was so nice.
2: So, um, what do you think? Last question here, something we've thought about. I don't really know if this is an elegant time to ask it, but um the whole generation of, of Homer's age is never gonna have to call their friends' houses and talk to each other's moms and like go through that awkward experience of asking if someone's home. Awful. All right. Um well that's so weird. It's weird, right? Mm
0: hmm.
2: And, I mean, do you th- – well, I guess, you know, is there a possibility that lunatics like me What – what is it like to be related to someone who is so anti-technology, I mean, contrarian in general? But I'm going to talk to Mom about how Facebook elected Donald Trump on the podcast in the upcoming episodes. But, um, mm-hmm. like, do you – is it Is it exhausting for you to, to find out that, like, all the next digital technology that exists is just going to be something that I I, like annoyingly talk about um, and pillar?
0: No, I don't think it's annoying. I think it's because you're very knowledgeable about it. So if you just were speaking out of your ass, then it would be another thing. However, I just think sometimes you have to um, listen to the other side too
2: are you increasingly seeing the connections between digital technology and a lot of the like political issues in our country? Do you think that that stuff's coming true? Yes. All right. Well, um, any last kind of culminating Christmas shopping thoughts you want to give our listeners?
0: Um, I really urge you to check out all birds and um, New Zealand free range and the request for curation uh, for loved ones.
2: And you can call and leave a message on the landline at 503-894-8480. I will record it on a record and then send it to my sister in New York and she can listen to it on her phonograph. Um, Thanks so much for coming to the show, giving us a little inside baseball on in the fashion industry. And uh, we look forward to seeing everyone next Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday on Landline. Bye, Phoebe.
3: You're listening to Landline.
2: All right, and um, last uh, question for you: What's the Cato Coffee diet um, shaping up to be like this week?
3: Uh, this week should be good. This will be, I think, my third week without going out, like on the weekends. So, uh, been like pretty boring. Obviously, Friday and Saturday night. But uh, physically, I'm like feeling much better, much healthier, so uh, should be good.
2: Quick question: What do you think? It's
3: all happening.
2: What do you think about what do you think about the Trump uh, the the current Trump situation involving Flynn and the net closing around him, according to the liberal media?
3: Uh, I mean, I think that. Well, it seems that Flynn is probably going to be making a deal with uh, the prosecution. This fucking guy is running a leaf blower right next to my car. It's 1030 at night. Um,
2: How about people so, run, running leaf blowers with wet leaves? That's what's going on in Portland, Oregon. There are so many trees. Therefore, there are so many leaves. And then there is so much rain. And what do people do instead of raking them? They use a leaf blower. And they it's like... It's basically like leaf blowing a bunch of wet cardboard. It takes forty five minutes to clean your like the one parking space in front of your house.
3: Yeah, yeah, just just brush them up or you know get the broom out when they're dry. I mean, I, my yard and driveway are covered in leaves, so I'm not one to talk. There's so many leaves on my drive. My driveway is like it's short, but it's really steep, and there's so many leaves and pine needles on it right now that when I hit the brakes halfway down to the street. I skid back like a foot and a half before I actually stop. Um, but anyway, getting back to Trump and Flynn. Uh I don't know if it's the classic uh we don't know what we don't know scenario. I think uh it seems like Flynn is gonna be making a plea deal, but you know, there hasn't there's no concrete evidence that we know of so far of any sort of collusion, so I don't know seems like Flynn's main thing is uh, protecting his son, but, yeah, I don't know. Well, we should know soon, I would think.
2: I think Trump's going to, like, freak out and do something even more insane than he has before. Like, he just full-on endorsed Roy Moore. That was his reaction.
3: It, it, maybe I'm wrong, but wasn't he initially against Roy Moore? Like, him and Roy Moore... Uh, had beef so to speak right
2: They did he was Roy Moore Was like Bannon's guy and it was a war Between Bannon and Trump and now Trump is 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 Going more He's going more for more
3: Well yeah I mean uh, Not to be too ominous but it seems To be Trump's sort of um, His MO to Sort of do things that are Kind of outlandish to Distract from Things that make him look bad which has worked really well for him so far. Um, But, you know, this investigation, especially if Flynn testifies against him, would be pretty significant. So he would have to do something, like, much more significant to distract from it. Like a
2: sex tape, for instance. Like, if Trump released a sex tape of himself right now, that would definitely get the heat off
3: his people. Yeah, but... He's pretty vain and seems to be pretty sensitive. So, I mean, he's, his body is, like, pretty horrible. So I don't think he would do that. Unless maybe he just said, screw it, release the the tape of him getting pissed on by those Russian prostitutes. But,
2: All right, with that, going for the sugar cookies. Why are there free sugar cookies at Harris Teeter? Is it, like, a Tuesday night thing?
3: No, every Harris Teeter, they have these... Um, these like bins of free take one they're for kids but i take them and uh they're free you're supposed to take one but i've taken as many as a full grocery bag before <laughs> so all right they're not they don't taste that good but they're okay got any direction
0: good do you edit any of it
2: i can take out anything you want um max made two major demands be- before he joined the pod number one was that i make sure everyone know that the only reason he was doing it was because he wanted to speak to somebody on the phone. And number two, number two, I had to promise that his parents would never, ever hear it. So you can make any contract you dem- demands you want to.
0: Okay. Well, the reason I asked is because I just wanted to know why Tom Brady yelled at, um, what's his
2: face? Josh McDaniels? Yeah. So... I think the 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 announcers were saying that McDaniel's was saying you missed the receiver, you missed the receiver, and it looked like Brady turned to him and said, "I fucking know, Josh, I fucking know."
0: Oh, so he wasn't mad. He wasn't mad at you.
2: Tom Brady was not mad at me. No. I mean, <laughs> not
0: to McDaniels.
2: I mean, I think it was the heat of the moment, and I have no idea. You know, they're they're they're. They're existing on a level far beyond my football knowledge. I think there's a lot of strategy involved. I think that it's almost like a war where McDaniel's is the field general and Brady's the 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 you know the major or the colonel that's actually out in the field executing the strategy with the soldiers. And maybe there was a disagreement about what play they called. That's another thing. Noted. Do you right. did you not see any of the Patriots game?
0: No, because it's just the Jets.
2: Well, it looks like Buffalo was going to play him tough, and then they threw an interception on the first drive at the one-yard line. I mean, it's pretty fascinating that these teams just cannot get it together. And not all of this will be on the podcast, so don't worry, because this is is right up Landline's alley. But don't you think it's amazing, just briefly as an aside, is there any other organization that has such complete corporate dominance as the Patriots do right now? Like in in an industry where it's literally jerry-rigged so that the – Each the worst teams have a better chance next year of being better. They they simply nobody can knock them down. Like what is your what is your take on the Patriots from a, a business standpoint as someone who's a a long time professional in business?
0: They are elite. They are the definition of elite, and you can't. It's like one of the great. Um.
2: But having said that, is there any like fashion house that has been good for a hundred years and like has never had a downtime like Gucci? Chanel. And that and even and even now it's the same. Like whoever's in charge of Chanel just always does a good job. How does that happen?
0: Because there is true genius.
2: But the person who started Chanel is dead, right? Yeah,
0: but Karl Lagerfeld is there now. I, I just. I think part of it's there's a portion of it that is marketing and branding. Um, So, you know, part of it is a facade, but there are dynasties that are untouchable.
2: And they've just created a culture at Chanel that makes them be as good as they can be every time they go to work every new fashion show every new like distribu you know every new line that's that's out to the to the stores like just, they're just the, they're are they like the patriots or they're they have the best bus they have the best airplane their equipment manager is the best their owner like where's the nicest suit like everybody's on the same page everybody has their clipboard
0: I mean, I organized i think it's it's just that no matter what even if they put out garbage it's considered elite so without having a competition because um, elite in sports you have a winner and a loser in fashion even if it's chanel isn't making as much money as gucci they're still chanel and hermes are still untouchable in terms of perception of the best i mean name a car like that
2: yeah i guess it would be ferrari I think, or, I don't know.
0: Um, like Aston Martin?
2: No, like English cars are known to actually be like really bad when it comes to the motor and all that stuff. I I think it's a tough comparison only because what you're talking about is the world's perception of their quality, which is, you know, a, a very interesting discussion.
0: Or not even quality, it's perception of lifestyle. If you oh. want to be a part of, because Chanel doesn't have their leather goods aren't the best in the world, Hermes's are, or some private label like Italian brand. But you, they're looked at with the most prestige.
2: Right. So that is interesting about sports is you actually have to go out and compete every week in front of an audience, and it's decided who is the better organization that day. But in the case of the Patriots, in a situation where they're literally set up to miss the playoffs because they get the worst draft pick and they you know they're not allowed to spend any more money and sooner or later their players are going to get old and leave from or leave for free agency they just every single year they are the the gold standard and it's crazy i mean i think all the other nfl owners are cannot believe that they're 10 and 2 and that they're going to either go to the afc championship game or the Super Bowl. Like, it's killing some of these people. They can't believe that this is Are what's happening. Are
0: they... Um, is there going to be any sexual harassment?
2: <laughs> There's definitely going to be sexual harassment. Whether or not it comes out in the press is a whole other discussion. Um,
0: is that the next thing to happen? And... Um,
2: Well, you think I mean, there's been there's always been players who got like accused of sexual assault or doing things wrong at bars. And a lot of times they will get, you know, or not paying child support or all these kinds of crazy things. Um, I don't why do you think it's so media driven right now that I think is the fascinating part to me. Like, what about just business executives? That's just not as interesting a story to the general public. So it doesn't come out as much.
0: You mean like the head of Goldman Sachs? Yeah,
2: exactly. It's like Matt Lauer is... Maybe it will. Yeah. Why
0: didn't Gabe know about
2: it? About Matt Lauer? Yeah,
0: because it's
2: not Fox. uh, I don't know about that. I He knew about Charlie Rose. Right, so I was thinking he should
0: have known about.
1: You're listening to Landline.